words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. you journey with us you take us from one place to the other in you and every day things happen in our hearts in our families in our lives that make us question whether you're here whether you're with us whether your word is true whether these promises we read about in the Bible is real in our own lives so today we come to sit with your word that your word will speak to us that one more time you remind us again who we are in you that we see your kingdom we see what you're doing expand our mind bless our hearts with your word cause us to journey with strength and grace and capacity cause us to soar with you we yield ourselves to you Thank you for who you are. We bless you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning, um, I just want to talk about waiting. I don't know, like, anyone here likes to wait a lot. Um, I don't think. So this is actually, like, that thing you see when you click. You see this moving icon rotates when you click. The good thing about this, according to somebody when we're analyzing in the group, is that it has light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> so next thing. Oh wow. See how we can shrink.
then whisper in secret in the realm of darkness. I did not say to Jacob, Jacob's tribe, seek me in vain. So there's a substantial cut here. I did not, it's all here. So I didn't whisper in secret in the realm of darkness. I did not say to Jacob's tribe, seek me in vain. I am Yahweh. Declare the truth. So I speak the truth. I'm Yahweh. I speak the truth and declare to you what is right. Isaiah 45. Okay. This is this, this oriented me myself. <laughs> I didn't whisper in secret in the realm of darkness. I did not say to Jacob's tribe, seek me in vain. I am Yahweh. I speak the truth and I declare to you what is right. God did not come to ask us to seek him in vain. Just be seeking me. Just be seeking me. No. That's not the plan. The plan is not for us for an endless search of a God we cannot find. He didn't say to Jacob's tribe, like, okay, you're going to be waiting on me. And that's how you're going to just be waiting and nothing's going to happen. God, God did not bring us to him just for us to be in him and then nothing will happen. There's a consequence of the wait. There's a power in tarrying. There's a sense in which God asks us to tarry and stay on him. And when we do, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. Amen. And then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. This is Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 to 3 scripture write the vision make it plain that they may run who reads it do you know the reason why we are waiting is because we are going to run do you understand the reason why you are waiting is not because God likes getting people grounded the reason why you wait is because you are going to run so the first place to begin running is what? On your marks. Do you understand? So you want to run, but the first thing to do before you start running is to align yourself in the run. Because God gave us a word this year at the beginning, the first service of this year was go forward. And at the crossover it says, this is crossover, pass over. You're going to pass over into a new land. And then, just like last week when we were sharing, when God took them out of Egypt, the first place they arrived at was the Red Sea. They were just waiting. To go forward, you need to wait. Do you understand? It will be on its way. So, it won't lie. This waiting period is not a lie. And we'll get into it this morning. I know many of you hate waiting. And that includes me. If you like waiting, just lift up your hand. Just like waiting for things. <laughs> Somebody wave their hands. Next slide. What do you hate waiting for? Let's go around. What do you hate waiting for the most? People, the same. <laughs> yes, waiting for money. What do you hate waiting for? 
Okay, a lot of people here. Yes. Action. Action. Waiting for. Waiting for people to take action. Yeah. For food to be ready. <laughs> That's for answers. Waiting for answers. What do you hate waiting? For promises to be fulfilled. Promises to be fulfilled. That's so amazing. Yeah, anyone with a different one here? What do you hate waiting for? A lot. <laughs> Nobody loves waiting. Next slide. Look at the, I brought out some things. Waiting to graduate. Waiting to board a flight. Waiting for a seat on the board. Well, I don't know whether many of you know this is how internet comes to any country. This is what the internet cable looks like. This is what the submarine cable looks like. Next slide. So this is internet speed and this is one most people hate waiting for. These are the fastest internet countries in the world. Norway is, Norway is up there. I think uh, Singapore is number one right now. This is actually 2020 data. Singapore is number one speed in, of internet in the world. And this is 67 megabits per second download speeds. Nigeria is here. We are 176 number in the countries of the world speed and our speed is our fastest speed is 1.6. <laughs> so 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 when we begin to compare ourselves with some other countries, I just be rolling my eyes sometimes like please, please. We're not there yet. Well, we're still on the journey. <laughs> the one most we hate is like, like we, 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 I am one of those pioneers of internet in Nigeria back in the days. And one of the first persons who had internet was a, a man, was a company called Ross Clayton. The owner of that company, Mandy's dad, right? Mandy's dad was actually the first, one of the first guys who had internet. So, used to dial in from all over Nigeria to Ross Clayton in Ibadan where he had his server with a dial-up link so with your landline phone you 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 just yeah you dial into the internet you make some sounds and then you connect <laughs> you guys have forgotten where we came from <laughs> And then from then, then Nitel launched Nitel Internet, and then you use landline. You can buy a recharge card, you can buy a card, and go and browse the net. Then we did cyber cafes. How many of you remember the cyber cafe era? <laughs> you went to send emails from cyber cafe to write your CV, and to and you felt like a tech whiz just for using the cyber cafe. <laughs> You guys don't know that you've grown. You don't even see it. Like <laughs> it's amazing how we journey. And then after the cyber cafe era came uh, came uh, internet mobile phones. It seems like unbelievable. You know, two G. Then you now have three G. Now you have four G. You have good speeds. Yeah, five G is loading very quickly, and you have really really good speeds. Our speed is still nothing compared to terabit cities. There are some cities called terabit cities. Click and boom. 
to download a whole Netflix movie in Singapore is less than one second. A one hour, one and a half hour features movie. One second. Click. Boom. Click. Boom. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I dream of a good internet, to be honest. I, I don't know how many of you dream of that as well. But at, at least we're getting manageable internet now where we can actually transact and do business. Now, this is actually what most people hate the most, waiting for anything to load. Next, I define out when I put up. It's a long queue. So just seen at the back of this. How I many of you remember Nigerian banks? I remember when people used to travel to banks with their mat. Honestly, I remember as a young man, my dad was working for, for our local government as a counselor. He was an appoint, he was appointed a counselor. Um, and then they paid him. They paid him some money. Into I think it was First Bank, they paid him some money into them. And it was time to cash this money. The guy went to the bank at 4 a.m. And there were people already there. They were queue for your own money, or you like queue. That's all of you who are, who, are, who are complaining about banks now, calling them shitty banks and all of these things. You know, it's like, it's amazing the amount of progress that has been made. But you need to actually acknowledge that you are actually going forward. Because sometimes in declaring that you are waiting, you don't acknowledge that something has happened. You soon forget how much traction you've been given. You soon forget how much speed you've acquired. You soon forget that something has happened. In waiting, every time you get something, there's something called customer expectation gap in uh, business, in business, in business training, those people train for. We can see God working. We can see him moving. But we're just so, so fidgety. We can see him staring the tides around us, but we're so, so fidgety. We just, want to, we just want everything to finish. We just want to get everything together like right away. Waiting produces endurance. Let's read this together. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. One of the things that make us so much in need is the fact that we have no power to endure. Have you seen people who have very little threshold for, for, for rubbish? You know, rubbish. Not even pain, just even rubbish. You understand? <laughs> you just go there, it's like as if it's a landmine waiting. Just just touch it. Boom! Right. Can I tell you something? God doesn't want us to be that kind of reactive people. God doesn't have power for endurance. God wants us to have stay power. God wants us to have strength. God wants us to have endurance. The ability to endure. Next slide. Number two thing that waiting does for us is growing hope. Let's read this together. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. 
according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither considered he yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He against hope Abraham believed in hope. When God caused Abraham to wait, one of the things that Abraham constructed was the power of hope. I don't know how this currency works in the spirit realm, but God needs these currencies in us. Without these currencies, we are just like people who are very transactional. Without this currency of faith and hope, do you understand? We are just people who are just transactional. There's no interaction, no engagement, no real enjoyment of each other. Hope is actually something that creates anticipation. It's a part of the coloring of life. So there are many people who are teaching many things about what God will do. How God will move and cover the earth with his glory. But they're not teaching character. How to stay with God. They're teaching you how mighty you can be in God, but not telling you that with every spiritual mile God gives you, He needs you to be with Him. God is not just interested in putting colorful things in the earth, making His songs powerful for them to be flying through the stars. You know how many of us think like as God sent once, like many of you are called here, called by God to do something for Him. But you know, all we see about God's calling sometimes is actually the bigness of the assignment we are going to do. We don't see what God wants, the quality of persons God wants us to be. We don't see the character God wants us to have. We don't see the fellowship God wants us to have. Do you know, God just wants us to be like Him in the world. And to be like Him in the world, God is a God of faith. God doesn't actually just ask us to have faith. He's a God of faith. Can you believe that God says that you are the one to reach the people in the world right now? That alone should shock you. God believes that you are the ones to reach all the believers in the world. And we, we these Christians who don't preach to anybody, we these Christians who are only thinking about our breakthrough, we these Christians who just come to church to worship God and take and take from Him, that God actually is sitting by faith, believing that the Christians in the world will turn the world around for him. So God is a God of faith. He has faith in us. It's amazing. The amount of, so he's not asking us just to walk by faith. He's a God of faith. He believes. So Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised was able also to perform. Well, I don't know whether this is true all the time for Abraham or this is a total judgment of God after the fact and this should encourage you because if God is saying Abraham believed we, you and I know what Abraham did while believing do you, do you guys understand so Abraham was someone who his wife pressured him okay okay uh, it's not happening so take a Gehazi no <laughs> Couldn't, it couldn't be the prophet's, uh, <laughs> prophet's assistant that Abraham, they lived in different generations. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys were listening then. <laughs> he says, take Hagar. And he went into Hagar and had Ishmael. 
Ishmael is the trouble of the world today. Ishmael is the main challenge of the whole world today. And that was Abraham trying to help God. That's what happens when we don't stay with God and we don't wait. We run ahead of God. We destroy things. Someone even said that Moses woke up one day and began to feel a calling. Like God called him to be a deliverer. And then when he went away, when he went out, he saw these people persecuting the Jews, right? You know the story about how Moses now killed the Egyptian. And then the man who was supposed to be a man of God turned into a fugitive. The theory was that Moses went to the wilderness for 40 years. He was not supposed to go for 40 years. Because the children of Israel now ended up staying in Egypt for 430 years. 30 years above the prophesied time. Because the deliverer missed his time. He was away as a fugitive. Overzealous. Just not waiting. Just not tiring. Just not getting the power. Just not getting the right character. Just not forming. Just not setting. I can't tell you the number of people who have worked with as, minister, as, minister, as a minister. I can see the power of God in them. I can see God working in them. I can see freshness in them. I can see new waters coming out of them. But one thing, they, are, they, they, they can't stay. They can't stay. They have no stay power. They have no faith. They cannot stay consistent. They can't stay following. One week they are in God. The next week they are, they are distracted. Next, two weeks they are in God. Another week they are, they are blown away. One week they are in God. One month they must travel. They must do something. They must go away from... Do you know, the Bible says, If you behold, as in the glass, the glory of God, you not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the world, you will be changed. Some people don't stay long enough for them to be changed. Some people don't tarry long enough for them to be altered from the inside out. And that's why you have so many broken Christians, so, ham so many half-baked Christians who, who the word of God has not thoroughly worked in them. So they, they have so much manifestation of power but no character. Because they don't stay. They don't stay. I can tell you, I'm a loyal man. I'm a loyal man. And there's nothing wrong with being loyal. Do you understand? Even if people take advantage of you for being loyal, God will pay you for being loyal. Because loyalty is a quality of the kingdom. I'll be loyal to my friendship with you. If there's any issue in my friendship with you, I will fight for us to restore that friendship. I will stand. I will battle it. I will find a way to come back to you so that we can what? Have that friendship because I have stay power. Say it. I have stay power. Say it again. I have stay power. Be someone who, who is not just flowery and just buttery and just light and just frivolous. Be someone who has density in the spirit. When God asks us to wait, part of what he does is to cause us to be strong in faith. To be strong in faith. Stay consistent. Stay faithful. Stay loyal. Stay powerful in the spirit. And God will strengthen your faith. So waiting is the precursor to flying. So we have two designs in the group. How many of you remember the one with the eagle? So the conversation about the eagle was that the eagle was the one which flies. Those who wait now get capacity. Do you know if you keep depleting energy, you have nothing to fly with. 
If you keep depleting energy, you have nothing to run with. When Elijah met God, God gave him food and said, Arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. There comes a time when God begins to feed you. God begins to speak over you. Why? Because he knows that the journey is coming. He knows that something is going to come into your life. He knows that there is a challenge coming. But only those who wait on him can renew their strength. Only those who tarry in God can renew their strength. Let's read this together. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Is this such a great scripture? Such a great, great scripture. God is saying, if you wait up, if you wait up for me, you know why? I've read the story about the eagle and how the eagle actually takes the flight and how the eagle changes his wings. After a while, the eagle's wings all fall off. The feathers all fall off. Sheds off all his feathers. But before this happens, he goes and hides himself in the rock. He mounts himself to the highest place he can reach, a place far away from every animal that can harm it, because waiting time is vulnerable time. Write it down. Waiting time is vulnerable time. There comes a time when you are so vulnerable. You are so easy to harm. Do you understand? You are so easy to harm. You are vulnerable. But that ego, as he goes up into that place, then after a while, new feathers begin to grow. After a while, new wings begin to emerge. After a while, when these new feathers come, this ego is young again. This old ego is young again. Amen. I don't know how many old egos are here. You've been a Christian for 10 years. Something happens, right, when you go into the presence of God and He removes all your old experiences. He takes from you everything that was bitter, everything that was incapable, everything that determined how well you flew. He takes it out of you and He gives you new feathers. He gives you new expression. He gives you a new psalm. He teaches you new words. He teaches you new access into the throne room of God. And then, all of a sudden, you are ready. Say, I am ready. I need your spirit. Say, I am ready. And all of a sudden, you are ready and you step out. You step out. You step out. There comes a time of stepping out for those who wait. There comes a time of rising up for those who wait. There comes a time of capacity for those who wait. As you wait, all of a sudden, you mount up with wings. You begin to fly. How many of you know the eagles just use the wind? They ride on the wind. And for you to ride the wind, you must stretch out your wings. It's said that the plane was actually made out of the eagle. The wings of the eagle are so wide. How many feet wide do they grow to? Very, very wide. Sometimes some feet wide. That small bird has like wings that are twice its length, just stretches out and then it balances against the wind. As the wind comes, it jumps air. It, it, it always surfs on the wind. Imagine somebody like on the sea surfing. How this, the waves come and the person jumps on the wave. That's how the eagle uses the wind. It 
rides on the wind. He doesn't use his energy. And that energy, that is the wisdom of strength that causes you to soar on wings as eagle. Amen. Those who wait on God will mount up on wings as eagles. So, number five. Then, something else happens. It's called sonship. Yeah? When you wait, part of what happens is that you grow into a son. Everybody's not born a son. Everybody's born a child. You're not born a son. A son, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A son is given. A child is born. None of us is born a son. The nature of God is inside of you, but you have to construct it. You have to, there's no going around this construction. Some people have a lot of grace from God, just do a lot of easy things. But for most of us, the strategy of God is construction. And people don't like construction messages. They like flowery messages. They like God saying to them, you're going to be great, you're going to be mighty, you're going to do awesome things. But when God says, okay, let's begin. They don't want that, don't want that, don't want that. Don't want that. They want that word to, do you know, if we had a prophetic conference now, this place would be full. Because everybody wants a prophecy. Oh, God is going to do great and mighty things in your life. Okay, let's begin. That's when trouble comes. That's when trouble comes. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. It's not okay for you to believe a flowery Christian like running from program to programs and not working out your Christianity with God. The way to work out your Christianity is by waiting on God. Then God will begin to download into your mind ideas. God will begin to speak to you personally. Your Christianity is just as good as your personal relationship with God. If you notice, I'm not really shouting today. I just want you guys to get this. Do you know there are many lying prophets that have gone out in the world today? Do you know there are many prophets who are just liars, just saying all types of things? Like if I know, like, you know, look at Mr. Lutana, that he's a big, he's a top shot, like, right? I just know he has a lot of money. What will I do to, to be his friend? I just come and meet him and say, yes, brother, I have a word from the Lord for you. This year, 2020, is a billion, a billion. Yeah, a billion. He will make a billion this year, right? But guess what? My using that word to manipulate him, to curry favor with him, do you understand? Becomes evil and antichrist. Because that's what pastors are now beginning to do. Or pro especially those ones who call themselves prophets. Do you understand? The Bible says if anyone prophesy, those of you who are elders should judge. Every prophecy must be judged. Do you understand? What did I say? Every prophecy must be judged. Don't accept every any prophecy line who can sink. Every prophecy must be subjected to judgment. I can't tell you how many, even in this church, how many people, their families are being broken by prophetic words. Someone will come and say, oh, your mother is a witch. Your mother is a witch? The one who gave birth to you and fed you every day, she didn't bewitch you. You went to school, she paid your fees, carried your school bag every day. Now, you're an adult and she's a witch. Oh my God. I'm not saying that mothers cannot be witches. But where are the mother witches in England and in the other parts of the world? 
How come it's only in Nigeria that, uh, that all our mothers are witches? Do you guys understand this thing? How we have been sold a lying Christianity that doesn't have character and we're all looking for prophetic manifestations? And no character. Do you know that every word that God speaks over you, you have to work it out? Every prophetic word must have traction. And the traction is how you wait on the word before God. Beware of all those people who... In fact, prophecy is so cheap now. It's at the bus stop you used to get it now. I was talking about the, about the, at the video. People stay, stay at the bus stop at the picture and say, Oh, you have such a beautiful spirit. I can just see your spirit is so beautiful. You know. This year, temptation has come to you in very many ways. But the Lord has given me a word that He is giving you victory over all your temptation. You know, who has no temptation in the world? There's some prophecy that is for everybody. <laughs> you know what I will counsel? The Lord said to me to say to you, go and buy bread, provision, and drop a motherless baby's home. And the Lord will remember you. How many have heard that kind of prophecy? Then the next thing the guy will ask you, does your wife have jewelry? It's already hypnotized you. All my nannies, when they hypnotize them, that's where they start from start giving them a word of prophecy. And yet we continue to go to prayer contractors and refuse to form God's life inside of us. This will promise you heaven and earth in God's name. And you don't form God's character inside of you. Those who wait will get into sonship. You will not continue to be a hireling, looking for things from God. You'll be a son of God. How powerful if everyone in this church is a son of God. You yourself know that you and God, you are not transactional with him. You know him. You know what he's going to do. You understand him. You have a connection with him. So let's read this together. Now that I say that a heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a servant though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. When we were children, we were in bondage of depression. We are in bondage of, of the voices of people. And when people say anything about us, we just feel tired. Once people say something bad about us, we want to correct it. You want to run and redeem yourself constantly. You are in bondage to what people think about you. You are bondage to haters. Oh, these people hate me. These people don't like me. You are in bondage to all the elements of the world. But when you grow in sonship, guess something begins to happen. You begin to know God. You begin to know God. The Bible says like, even though the heavens and the earth belongs to you, even though the treasures of God are yours, as a child, God cannot release it to you. As a baby, God cannot release it to you. God cannot release to you the eternal treasures of life if you are a baby. He begins to say, you'll be under tutors and governors. The example I have is, how many of you have a son? Our daughter, how many people have children here? How many of you have house help? Right? When you, when you, your child in the house, if your child goes and touches something they're not supposed to touch, 
and you left them with the house help and you come back and the house help say oh he wanted it right your child went and took maybe That's so that's so good. Such a good example. Your child went and took kerosene and started trying to drink it. And then you came back and your child is now sick. And you asked the nanny, like, Madam, how far? How come this child drank kerosene? She said, Oh, the child wanted it. You know say, Between you and the child, put that put in charge. You guys understand this. You are a child of God, but you'll be under guardians. Under guardians until you mature. These guardians are schoolmasters. They are the ones who train you until you come up to maturity. I can wait for you, oh God. If you're not done working, Lord, I'm not done waiting, oh God. I'll wait on you, oh God. I'm not in a hurry. I'm learning to listen. I'm learning, oh God. I'm learning to wait on you, oh God. I'm learning, oh God, not to just run ahead of myself, oh God. I'm learning, oh God, how to be pointed by you. I'm learning how to be formed by your character. I'm learning how to be like you. I'm learning how to have your nature. I'm learning, oh God, what you are making out of me. Lord, help me, oh God. I am a very impatient person. I want results now, oh God. Give me the grace to wait on you. And in the fullness of time, in your time, oh God, you make everything beautiful. So I yield myself to your process. I yield myself to your time. I yield myself to your work in my heart and my spirit, oh God. And your character will be fully formed in me, oh God. And I will be the kind of man you want me to be. And I will be the kind of leader you want me to be. I'll be the kind of follower you want me to be, oh God. I yield myself to you, oh God. Lord God, you did not ask us to seek you in vain. You did not ask us to seek you in vain. And in the fullness of time, you will meet every son of Jacob here. Every daughter of Eve here, you will meet, O oh God, with the fullness of your blessing, O oh God, with the fullness of your word. Even as we prepare to run this year, O oh God, give us the strength to wait and to tarry on you, O oh God. I will run with endurance the race that you marked out for us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 